From the studios of Teeing It Up in the Swamps of Jersey, this is Teeing It Up, the start of the U.S. Open preview for Shinnecock Hills starting this coming Thursday. This is Teeing It Up with Jim Schilling for Sunday, June 10th, 2018. Alex Lazan joins us, and with the Supreme Court ruling, I can now formally introduce you as our golf betting analyst, along with a bunch of other things. Good morning. Good morning, Jeremy. Yeah, I guess this is a big shot to all those uh, suspect European websites that me and my friends have been using for the last decade or so, because uh, because soon enough we're going to be able to just legally place these bets in, in pretty much the majority of states in the Union. So yes, it's uh, news, and uh, with any luck, it should be coming to your state very, very soon as well. Yes, the the bill is actually passed. Phil Murphy just won't sign it, wants to make sure that all the I's and T's have been crossed because the bill apparently changed uh, late in the uh, voting process at the state house. So as soon as he's confident that the bill has it right, they're going to say yes. Until then, they're going to say no, which irked Monmouth Park yesterday when it came to the Belmont and... Uh, the people were unable to bet on Justify. But anyway, that's a side issue. Um, let's start here, which let's start with the golf. We have Dustin Johnson and Andrew Putnam today tied for the lead in Memphis. If Dustin wins, he goes back to number one. Um, we, we have not had a player, uh, excuse me, we have not had a player um, win ever the week before the U.S. Open, and we've <clears throat> not somebody had not had somebody win while number one in the world uh, since Tiger um, back over a decade ago. So, does what happens today in Memphis have any impact on you and who you think might win this championship? Not a ton. I think uh, a DJ win today actually makes me want want to stay away from him right now. He actually is the odds-on favorite um, next week uh, here at Shinnecock currently getting the best line at about 10, 10 and a half to 1, uh, depending on where you look. Uh, obviously, he's a power ball striker that when he's dominant, he's truly dominant. Um, so the week before thing is a little iffy to me for some reason. I, I have it in my head that the U.S. Open is one of those majors where a majority of the best players take the week off before, uh, take that extra time to get there early, get in two, three full practice rounds before the hubbub of tournament week. And... Um, it's a, I feel like it's a little bit uh, along the lines of what Phil Mickelson does the week before the Masters, kind of leading in with a little bit of freshness and, and saying that he wants to go in with, with peak form by playing week four. So we'll see if that uh, kind of mindset bodes well for DJ. But for some reason, the week before win might scare me off a little bit from picking him next week at Shinnecock based on what I've seen in past years of this tournament. You and Ricky Fowler have something in common, which is you are both recently engaged. Uh, Ricky, more recent than you. How has your golf game been impacted by being engaged, and what do you uh, expect the impact of Ricky being recently engaged to be? Well, I've only played one round, and I finally found a little bit of mojo. I finally hit both three or four good drives in a row uh, last week, which is the first time I've done that in 2018 for sure. So I guess that's a positive, but... Clearly, as you know, uh, Ricky stole my beach proposal. Uh, he was clearly looking at my social media and uh, jacked my my method of asking my fiance to marry her. And uh, it's you know it's sad that I have to be copied for my creativity, but I guess if anyone's going to do it, I'm honored that, that Ricky decided to to copy my proposal. So, <laughs> let's go to him and Allison. Um, 
in all seriousness, Ricky's long been my pick. Going back to last year for Shinnecock, he and JT snuck around um, to play Shinnecock late last year. I think this golf tournament and this golf course fits him. I think it's a scenario where if he drives it well, he's going to have a lot of scoring club opportunities. Um, this golf course, even though they've added 54, uh, sorry, 500 yards to it, it's not like insanely long. If you drive it well and place it in the right places on the green, it's a scorable golf course unless the wind gust. Tiger has said that he believes multi-under par. You know, five, six, seven under par is going to win this thing if the wind doesn't gust. Um, it's going to be cool next week, which is interesting. I've long thought that Ricky is, um, is the guy next week. From a betting perspective and just from a golf perspective, what's your thoughts on Ricky uh, next week? Let's actually take a, a step backwards here before we move forward. When you look at who to bet on for a given week on the PGA Tour or for a major, what are you looking for? What are the factors that say, this is a guy I want to put money towards, this is a guy I don't want to put money towards? Well, it, it just kind of depends on your, your philosophy and how you view these golfers. For me, I'm looking at things like, how did they do in their last three starts? leading up to this tournament. That's just general what kind of, you know, mojo or, or vibe do they have right now with past performance recently. You love taking a look at the leaderboard last year for this tournament or, or the, mo the most recent time that the venue was at this course. So in this place, in, in this case, it's hard. You do look back at 04 and you see that Phil performed well. You see the Tiger was in the top 20 despite a lot of struggles that week. Um, so those are those aren't things to completely discount, but it's been a while, and those are those are guys that have completely different games now than they did 14 years ago. So you know you obviously start there, and, and then you look at you know how they're doing overall this year and what their tendency is to you know horses for courses. How do they feel about this venue and courses similar to this? Um, I, when I when I mentioned you know running the ball out, if this is going to be a hard brown venue, then you look at. Uh, the type of players that do well in links golf and play well in the Open Championship uh, as guys who could potentially play well on a hard and fast Shinnecock course. 
like you said, though, it could be a softer course that could favor a guy who's just a high-flying long ball hitter like a JT or a DJ or a Bubba Watson who can get it a long distance and, and plop it down and land it wherever he wants and, and make birdies and, and get to that 7, 8, 9 under par figure that you were talking about. So those are, those are the main things I'd be looking at coming up this week if you're, if you're placing a few bets on guys to win. Talking with Alex Lazon in our U.S. Open preview, part one of our U.S. Open preview about the betting angle. Let's run through some guys who have been struggling. Tiger can't finish round. It's now four of the last nine that he has struggled to finish around that he has gotten off to a great start with on the front nine. You've got to play 18 strongholds at the United States Open Championship if you want to be a contender. You can't sneak around with a hot front nine and a crappy back nine. Do you go towards Tiger this week or stay away? bet on him finishing in the top 10 this week. Um, I think the obvious question is, you know, even if he's backing off to a point where he's hitting a majority of irons and rescues off these tees, you know, I haven't, haven't quite heard a lot about what his tournament week philosophy is going to be off the tee, but he's got to be in a place where he's putting the ball in the fairway. It doesn't matter how great his swing looks or what his exit velocity or ball trajectory is or how far he's driving it. If he's not putting it in that, in that first main cut, uh, the, the tall rough creeps up here very fast as opposed to other U.S. Open venues. There are not many graduations uh, of callers from, from one to the next. It goes from fairway to deep rough very fast. So so in that case, you've you got to be you got to be counting on him hitting a lot of fairways. So I, I don't know if he's necessarily going to put himself in a position to win Sunday, but I would say a top 10 bet is, is worth it if it's, if it's going off at a few to one or something and you can get some value there. Um, it's just it's hard for me to, to picture him putting together, like you said, four 18 whole rounds of good driving. And that really sets the tone for him these days. Yeah, it, it truly does. <coughs> Excuse me, let me hope that clears my throat. Phil got off to a great start in Memphis this week. But like prototypical Phil style in the last three to four years has backed off since he can't put together 18 clean holes of golf. His problem is not finishing. Uh, his problem is that he can't play 18 bogey-free holes. He just you know, has good moments and bad moments. Phil looking for that elusive United States Open Championship. Do you think this is a week to go towards him? For those wondering, um, yeah, what's the, what are we have any rain chances? Got any wind kicking up? Yeah, so basically we're in a, a pattern of partly cloudy skies Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, with the winds, you know, just a classic ten to fifteen mile per hour winds or so. Wednesday's the day where you could get some showers and thunderstorms, though nothing, you know, huge, but there is a chance of a downpour or something like that. 
And then as we get towards competition day, sunny 10 to 15 miles per hour on Thursday with a temperature of 74. Sunny and lighter winds on Friday, 71. Saturday, sunny, 70 lighter winds. Sunday, heavier winds, 68 with cooler and more cloud cover as the system moves through. I mean, that's that sounds like conditions to make it brown to me. Yes. I hear it, a lot of yellow and brown grass when you read that. It's certainly... not a lot of rain in the forecast, and the winds are steady throughout a few days there, and, and they're, keep, they're, they're doing their best to try and keep things near par, then that's, that's all I need to know, Jeremy. There, there could definitely be some carnage out there. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tail back on, on the prediction you heard earlier from Tiger Woods, and I'm going to go with something around the 2004 number, five, five... Five under par to win. We'll go. There, there you go. That's that's the scoring prediction from Alex Lazan. Let's just go through. we got three more questions for you. Number one, Jordan Spieth has not putted well this, this year at all. He's been kind of just not quite there off his game. We've seen visible frustrations. Yet Jordan Spieth, like the greats of the game, have a tendency to, to turn it on in golf's biggest spots, the majors. Do you think this is a week... For Jordan Spieth, part of that wave, it's never played a competitive tournament at Shinnecock. He is. It gives you a lot of perspective as to how long ago that carnage-filled weekend, the 2004, was. 14 years. What the stage in golf was then versus what it's at now. And Spieth's another one of those guys who's in the 10 to 20 to 1 bracket. He's going off the 18 to 1 odds to win right now. And I think the main reason why he's in that bracket and he's not lower, despite his horrible putting performance, is he's a grinder. He's a, he's a perseverant player, and, and that obviously bodes well in in, uh, in battle of attrition type of tournaments uh, like we could be seeing here at this venue. Again, we're kind of thinking about things that happened a while ago in terms of 14 years, but based on the conditions being very similar to the way they were that year, uh, in, in addition to the way, the way you know the undulations these greens can become with that dry weather, it's hard to believe that there aren't going to be some grinders towards the top of the leaderboard who maybe don't hit the ball extremely far or aren't you know, putting the eyes out of it, but are, are, are putting it on the smart side of the green and making good pars. So you obviously put Jordan Spieth in the top of that crop when you think about a, a player like that. Betting-wise, who do you like this week that we haven't mentioned thus far? Well, you know, it's funny that you can, you know, you can roll through an entire conversation like this and you don't mention a guy like Justin Rose, who is, who is seeking the number one spot in the world and is a past U.S. Open champion. Uh, he's going up at 12-1 to 1 this week, and he's had great form recently. Uh, you know, listing trophies recently uh, has, has shown us that he's a ball striker that could win at a venue like this. Uh, you, you also have to look at you know, JT at fourteen to one, and Roy McIlroy is going off thirteen to one. There's just a there's a whole boatload of guys who, who have shown you flashes recently who, who could come alive for four days here. Uh, if you want to go down and maybe page two guys or get a little bit more value, uh, maybe guys who you know are good on tough venues. Louis Oosthuizen is going off at sixty-five to one. Uh, Mark Leishman is a guy who you feel like is in contention at majors a lot and is maybe due for that breakout performance. Also going off at sixty-five to one. Um, European players like Terrell Hatton going off at over a hundred to one who still haven't gotten through the door yet. Uh, maybe this is a week for a guy like that to to have the putting week of their life and, and get it done. Um, so there's a, there's a handful of guys for you, but. Uh, I would say the rule of thumb is to not bet too many of them before it gets so confusing. You want to make sure you have your rooting interest right, and maybe four to six guys to win the tournament. And I'll uh, I'll be for sure for sure posting some picks this week as we lead up to the tournament as well. 
Twitter at Golf Course of Life. Uh, sorry, Twitter at Course of Life One, not Golf Course of Life One, but, but but Course of Life Number One. Um, put your just golfer and golf fan hat on. Uh, finally, who wins this week and why? Well, if you say golf fan hat, then you know I'm going with still the thrill breaking out and finally winning a U.S. Open after all of his heartbreak and his six runner-ups. Uh, but if, if I'm looking at a golf guy, yes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick someone like Justin Rose, who, who's, a, who's a past U.S. Open champion on tougher, faster venues, um, did a great job negotiating Marion uh, under some tra- uh, traditional conditions where wind was a factor as well. Uh, so it, it, I'm going to have to lean that way. I'm, I'll definitely be putting him in my pool of picks. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll roll with him as, as my favorite this week to win. And I still got Ricky. I'm Alex Lazan, our teeing it up golf betting analyst. Uh, a new title for you. Uh, First of all, long-time guest, but first time with that title. Welcome uh, to the show under that uh, auspices. Yeah, thank you. I'll be sure to add it to my bio, and uh, I'm available for compensation if you need me. <laughs> and as always, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or gambling, whatever that. That's right, that, of course, yeah. Uh, whatever that phone number is. In all seriousness, thank you as always for coming on Teeing It Up, and enjoy the United States Open Championship. All right, you too. See you, Jeremy. You got it. Have a good Sunday, everybody, and we will see you tomorrow.